Right. Here we go. All right, so it still has... Wait, it's a starter... So all that was... That was a fucking... such a great setup, man. Now you're going to start this off on a shitty note. Wait, the yeah, fuck Yeah, whatever, that? dude. Bye, that. says, okay, I first met you. We did not get along very well. We were very, very, very different. And now you are the same. And I just want to hear your thoughts on that one, Rick. Where to begin? <laughs> right? Put you on the spot, man. Uh, well, being that we were coworkers, right? When I go to work... I still am me, right? You're not. You guys know me well enough now. For those who don't, I kind of I do wear my heart on my sleeve. That even runs in the blood, so to speak. However, uh, you know I've always had high expectations mentality, uh, sometimes to an extreme. So, if I felt like you know even if someone's new to a job, that uh, this when you were new, of course. I always meant well. And by the way, on, on the record, I would call you and follow up with you. And I would say some good things towards you to encourage you in the beginning. Yes. It was when I brought the strong arm. <laughs> so my way of describing Rick is that Rick was basically like the high school bully you had to stand oh. up to, and then everything was good. <laughs> well, then but, I like but, then, but then also you kind of remind me of yeah. the, the asshole coach that you hate your four years you play for, but at the end you're like, wow, this guy made me a better man. See, I had a very different experience with Rick when I first met him. Um, Rick and I connected almost immediately, and I think the first shift we worked together, we ended up talking several hours about spiritual ideas, and um, pretty much since I've met him, I thought Rick was a prophet. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, the, the thing that, you know, uh, I'm, I, I'm always still learning, balancing out when to just not speak <laughs> uh, and you know not always trying to have things at such an intensity a high level uh, you know that's that's what helped me to perform at work but you know at the same time we're all learning right and there's a lot more to learn about one another than uh, it's a conversation or two and it's, it's it's good to get into deeper conversations it's even good to have a little Arguments, if you will, right? Because you can form bonds that way. Uh, iron sharpening iron, as they say. Ooh, you're, pre you're actually preaching something I actually addressed on the early episodes where, I mean, this is what I love about this is that I have my own ways of putting this and then everyone has their other ways of putting it, but they all mean the same thing. But I've been saying, you know, it's amazing when you build that good connection with somebody, it makes it easier to talk about the bad things. And, yeah. you know, also the thing is you have to admit some faults of your own sometimes, which, you know, is something that's hard to do, but... You know, as I've gotten older, I've realized, well, if I was to think I was perfect and I was living this way, then well, I'd be really, really w way worse off than I am right now. I find the more things I hold myself responsible for, the easier life is. Um, yes, and you do it to a detriment, though, but that's uh, neither here nor there. You know, you do some good things. I mean, you that's built, a you matter built, of opinion. You built this sound studio out of uh, cardboard and uh, kids' toys, and, you know, we all sound lovely. Hopefully we're giving lovely content right now. We're going to have to take a picture of it and use it as the album art for the episode or something. Yeah, we'll have to figure a way that out, but uh, that's very forward-thinking. But, uh, well, we've been on here for about five to ten minutes, and Rick's here. We haven't talked about pedophiles yet, so... <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> So Rick, uh, wait, big, what? <laughs> I don't big, understand. Some big things have uh, gone down today in the world of pedophilia, haven't they? Uh, well, you know, <laughs> she's. Uh, you didn't touch a kid, did you? I mean, you're very, very nervous about the reaction. No, no, no. It's a very tough subject because it's it like when you have kids, it hits home when oh, you think I'm, about. No, 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 no. This is good. This is good. I mean, right? <laughs> um, it I've doesn't seen, hit home. Uh, I'd kill somebody. I've got no problem saying it. 
well, when it, when it comes to your own children, you, yeah, you know, for being honest, you know. Uh, but, you know, with, with Mr. Epstein and his uh, partner, I actually would rather prefer saying than what do they say is uh, business associate. I think yeah, that's actually actually a political that actually makes it sound sleazier, actually. Well, they try to make it a politically idea. correct term, but they also put it very mildly what they, I believe, what they were involved with. So, Political correctness, how do you feel about that? Because I know that you are somebody, you know, you're not someone that's, you know, off the edge or off color at that, but. How do you feel about pol- political correctness? Doesn't you, don't you think it's gotten ridiculous now? I think the the saddest part of being politically correct is that um, it's like you're all putting masks on, and we're, we're uh, being politically correct a lot of times is you're afraid to speak the truth or how you feel, and that what happens is there's a lot of very surface conversation, small talk stuff, uh, and like everyone has to be agreeable, and that that you, you can't get very personal. Uh, that way. Speaking so. of the mask thing, though, that's actually a thing that actually is going on right now, which is kind of, I almost wonder, oh. I, ha- I have to examine all options of things, but it is kind of weird that now you are, like, it's acceptable to wear a mask. It used to be if you walked into a bank, like, if you walked into a bank wearing a ski mask on a cold winter day, you still made everyone cringe, you know, or you still made everyone, you know, like, reach for the button. Now it's totally okay, like, to walk into a place with sunglasses and a mask and me to buy a white claw and just be like, go about my day when it's like, okay, before, you may have thought I may have had a gun on me. I don't know, that's a little bit weird. You're allowed, you're allowed to be anonymous in this video culture we have right now, too, is that, I mean, let's face it, when we see people doing these videos or all these riots, we always are wondering who they are, but it's really tough to tell when it's, oh, it's okay he's wearing a mask. It's, it, you're supposed to. Um, just a thought. You're not really saying it's going anywhere. I've got two questions for you. Um, I only remember what one of them is, though. I think the issue with politically correct thought processes in general is the whole point of speech is to convey a thought and it takes away from the idea of what you're conveying and makes you worry about what they're receiving exactly and i don't think you can properly convey what you're feeling and ultimately that's all that matters right um because your point's going to come across through how you feel not the words right so you got to go for it gotta go for um it. i i think it's stupid it's got to go yeah you know the worst part about it is when is really that a question well, you know, you're right, but I can I think I can add to it where I, I, I'm thinking actually some people off the top of my head that would be considered very nice. So they're the type of person that you feel like you could always talk to that you're never going to get judged in a way, mm-hmm. at least externally. Internally, you don't know it necessarily what's going on uh, because all is what they project is something that seems nice. But nice doesn't um, necessarily mean you're being kind. Because if you're being kind, it means you care, which means you're going, you're willing to take the extra step to even upset somebody if, if it means you need to, you know, you feel you need to say something even though, you know, it could make someone upset. Maybe because you care about them. Maybe because you're willing to tell them, hey, listen, let's, hit the, let's go to the gym. You know, let's go to the gym together. Let's see if, what we can do because you're, you're starting to gain some weight, and it's, it's, it's definitely not healthy. Uh, you don't need to force it upon them, but you're, you're actually trying to look out for somebody. I had actually had a story about that, which is... So, as I've been, you know, positioning earlier, is that I think that a lot of bad emotions come from, or irrational behavior comes from emotion, but it seems that the you, you think before you act, don't you? Because <laughs> 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 I mean, like, if you're, I mean, like, maybe it comes across as where, like, okay, in the, in the kindness thing, you're going, yo, dude, you're fat, you need to lose some weight, but then you probably maybe afterwards go, okay, maybe you, uh... Should have said that a little better. I got the ultimate objective is what is the good one, but maybe my way of arriving at that is you know yeah is that is that you, well, know? you guys know me that um, 
they're the detrimental part about always having your heart on your sleeve is wisdom doesn't always naturally flow when you pride yourself in that, which I try not to anymore about having my heart on my sleeve. However, I like to, how can I say this? I, I like to think and pray my way through things. Uh, and you need to be able to do that on the spot. And you also need to be know how to do this when you're alone. Because when you're alone and you have this time where you can contemplate, and you can tune out all the distractions throughout the day and just contemplate, self-reflection, meditation, prayer. My goodness, it just helps put things in perspective. It helps you be less judgmental. Not all judgmental judging is bad, but you know what I mean. The kind that's looking down, maybe. No, but I get that, but that's why I play golf. That's my form of doing that, because guess what? I have to admit that I am not perfect. Probably about, about a given round, probably about half the shots I take, I have to go, wow, you're, uh, you really need to check yourself, buddy. Like, you know, you can, it's a way of only distracting on everything, because if you're thinking about anything when you're about to hit a golf ball, other than hitting the golf ball, and maybe sometimes you shouldn't be thinking about that, you should be thinking about nothing, the absence of thought, you're going to fuck up. And then afterwards, you know, how can you feel good about, you know, how can you feel good about yourself after you do that? Or maybe you're not saying, how should you feel good about yourself, but you check yourself as I kind of got. Maybe that didn't really pertain to anything, but that was a... Well, I was going back to what you were saying before about how emotion influences what you think, right? Um, or what you do. Uh, there's a book by a guy named Daniel Kahneman. I actually think he got a PhD for this. Um, but it's called Thinking, Fast and Slow. And he talks about and he simplifies it to System 1 and System 2. System 1 is an extremely rapid system. That's where your intuitions and stuff come from, ideas. Uh, system 2 is the logical one, right? This and, is also and, Chris Boston. Well, that's different, right? But he, he actually references Daniel Kahneman in that also. Okay. Um, but so I'm talking about Kahneman because he's the one that actually did the research and presents the 163 different ways that it affects us that we've been able to identify so far. Um, but system one reacts to everything and it gives you the emotion that you're going to have from it. And then system two doesn't actually think. It basically justifies system one, right? So it's, it's very few and far between where we do the contemplation and then respond rather than react. Because if you're just reacting and you're not taking that time to think about it, like Rick was just talking about, then it is completely emotion, whatever is derived. And I think I figured it out for Rick. When you see someone that you care about, you hate that they let themselves do things to themselves. And that's why your emotion comes out. You come out direct and blunt and probably combative almost and sometimes. But it's not because of you hate that person. You hate what they're letting them not become, I guess, maybe, or what you think they... What, you, know, you know there's a better version of themselves that it bothers you that they're not doing that? Is that there, there could be a, I th think that could be a, a, definitely a part of it. I mean, I, I also like um, dealing with something in the moment that usually that something happens because sometimes letting something sit can be more difficult to address something. It's good to sometimes deal with, like even if you're, not that I'm not talking about children here like in us as colleagues, but even with my children, it's good to address something without letting things prolong it be something that I felt that was maybe out of line. But if, let's talk about adults here, it's good to usually address it more sometimes on the spot. The problem is that if I don't, uh, if I don't feel like I'm balanced and I feel more emotional, there's a good chance I'm going to come off in a way that's not uh, <laughs> probably the way it should be. But, but I don't like holding grudges. That's why I like to just get it out. I can't be fake with somebody. 
Yeah. I could, I could go out to dinner with anyone immediately after a conversation like that. I don't care. <laughs> I'm just saying. Like you got to put up with me. I'm gonna put up with you. <laughs> I, I just have to remember not everyone's like me, right? So I need to realize that. I, I can't try and make a bunch of Rick Lagnesis. You know, that's that's not the goal here. So that's kind of been my new like kind of thing I've been walking on is as far as what I'm trying to... There's a lot of this about self-betterment for myself. As I've often been saying, and it may sound conceited, it may sound selfish, but I'm trying to get to myself to a point, and I feel like I'm getting to a point where if everybody else in the world was just like Ryan Schofield, would the world be a better place? And, I mean... It'd be a lot. It would be a lot of fun. I mean, with Rick, it would probably be a better place. With James, it'd probably be a very, very silent, confusing place. But. Oh, wow. I think there might be a lack of confusion. That's why there's silence. Oh, I like it. See, but um, still that's, waters run deep, my friend. Mm. <laughs> well, I mean, that's just, you got way too deep on that one. But no, that's kind of a uh, kind of why I want to start off with some with some things. But uh, Rick, you're also a very interesting guy. So I mean, you're. Uh, You've done some things in your life, you know. You've, uh, I mean, you've had quite a journey. I mean, at one point, weren't you out in Texas or something? Like, or you, 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 I need to hear a little bit more about the story of Rick Lagnesi, I guess. Fair enough. How far do we want to go back? I mean, well, <laughs> I mean, I can try to do a quick, long version. <laughs> I mean, I, I just want to know is that you, have you ever, at one, one point, I remember hearing you say that you were in flat broken Texas. Was that, was that okay? True? Well, how about this one? If I were to back up a little before that, we were just getting to a place where we were, you know, out of debt. Uh, we actually were going to have some extra money in the bank. You know, who knows what we'd do with it. We're not, we weren't used to that for a little while, you know. Um, and I just knew, oh my goodness, long story short, that it was destined, that God totally wanted us to go to Dallas. I mean, it was so obvious. Um <laughs> I remember my wife was looking at all the different places in Dallas. You got Plano, you got Fort Worth, you, you know, Denton. There's also Carrollton, Texas. So she was looking at a lot of those, some of those places, okay? Because uh, that's in Dallas, right? Dallas, Texas. And these are all suburbs in Dallas. Dallas is huge. Texas is huge. <laughs> so, Everything's bigger in Texas. <laughs> yeah, we went to over my grandmother-in-law's, okay? And uh, we were just hanging out. This was the day that she was looking at places where we were to move, where we could move. And we didn't have time for me to go down there and look, you know. So we went over to my grandmother-in-law's. She, she bought this uh, bear or stuffed animal for one of my kids, right? My wife goes home. We all go home after that. She looks at this stuffed animal, and for whatever reason, she looks at the tag, and it said, Made in Carrollton, Texas. You see, when, when you follow, and I, and I don't know how much you, well, I, you guys are talking to me, right? So you know I'm going to say Jesus at least once. <laughs> Well, when you when you really when you feel like God's speaking to you, right? God is playful. He's very relational, and He'll use anything. That's what I love. I love it. Are you saying I should play the fortune cookie numbers? Is that what you're getting at with this? Oh my goodness, <laughs> fortune cookie. That was just the other day. Anyway. Okay. <laughs> but uh, you know, like uh, oh, you'll love this. It, Dallas was coming up so much. I was like, listen, God. As a I'm Giants driving, fan too. Yeah, Giants fan. So I was listening to sports talk radio this morning, but I, I hadn't at this point. I was driving on the on I-90 because I was working for Lowe's. Another one's very short. I had to drive to a bunch of different Lowe's stores. I was working for Rubbermaid, whatever. And I was like, God, if you want us to go to Dallas, I need to turn on this car right now. And the first thing that needs to come out is something about Dallas. Because this is coming up way too much. I turned the radio on, and it was, um, he used to be on ESPN Radio, I believe. Now he did, he's doing his own thing. Colin Coward? Was he yeah, on yeah, 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 yeah. And he's like, now on the uh, football, Coach Wade Phillips of the Dallas Cowboys. I'm like, you got to be kidding, Lord. Turn the radio off. I'm like, that's it. 
I told my wife, I'm like, we're going to Dallas. I didn't just base it off these signs, okay? It usually starts internally, and I just kind of sometimes get these confirmations for my own sake. Anyway, we are as we're driving to Dallas, I knew that we were going to be going into financial wealth. Hardships. Even though I knew at the same time that we'd come out on top. But if you just always judge by what you see, right, which is the opposite of faith, you just judge by what you can see, then it looks dim or uh, not so great, right? Well, I mean, if you're looking um, at it, you're going to be going down to a valley before you get to the peak. So you only see the yeah. valley in front of you. I mean, we were going to a couple grand in debt every month. But what was interesting is it never stopped us from helping other people, um, giving things away to others. Uh, I, I remember one night I was outside just praying, and God just told me, you need to, to get out of debt. I want you to give your way out. That's what I heard. That's right. That's the first day I met you. I heard you tell that story to somebody. That's why I give my way out. What the heck? (laughs) Well, you know, to you know, to actually to put this into more practical terms, Mark Cuban said, "I didn't get rich cashing checks. I got rich writing checks." So maybe it's kind of you know the the business term of that one, but uh, just always a fascinating story because it looked to me at the end of the day, you know. And I'm not mentioning as spiritual as you guys are, but something brought a guy from Florida, a guy who was living in Texas, and a guy from short New York into a room in Rochester, New York. So, I mean, let's uh, let's make the most of it, I guess. <laughs> yeah, no, we'll talk, let's talk about whatever, man. Oh, I mean, that's, you know, I, mean, I just kind of got started off at that, but I mean, we, we, we covered it off, you know, Rick's backstory. We covered pedophiles a little bit. Um, today, hold on, hold on. Can, can we go back to that? Because I don't know what happened. Okay, so one of Jeffrey Epstein's... Uh, Madams or you know accomplices or partners was arrested today, and the whole thing is is that okay? Well, the last time somebody was connected to this was arrested was Epstein, and it's amazing how somebody can commit suicide under suicide watch with multiple cameras that just you know what? go off. And if I, if I may, being that we're on this, I think if people are listening and they actually want, like if they feel like they need to look into this or want to look into this, it goes a lot deeper. I believe than just simply sex, uh, you know, trafficking or child trafficking. I think it's a lot worse, um, a lot more grim. I love this that, that a baseball so. player for the Anaheim Angels, Andrelton Simmons, one of the best shortstops defensively, and it was tweeted out that, you know, Jeffrey Epstein's uh, confidants, you know, British socialites, all these other things are saying other than, you know, what you wanted to say, but... He tweeted, I hope all the ones involved get exposed. No suicides this time. I'm not going to be satisfied until big names get come down. Well, Anyone yeah. with common sense knows there's wealthy people involved. I'm praying for the truth to finally come around. Well, Harvey Weinstein, right? He had over 200 women accuse him of uh, sexually assaulting them. And Harvey Weinstein... And I haven't had one. <laughs> good friends with Epstein. You know who else is really good with both of them? Oprah. Multiple houses... I believe there's a, I mean, I, I think there's a, there's a lot of people because this is a big money-making, multi-billion-dollar industry we're talking about here. Um, I went over to a presentation at Rick's house one day that, honestly, <laughs> anybody, no, it was, it was, it was a presentation. I mean, it's, you know, it's, I just want anyone with an open mind because I went there and just kind of like, okay, I want to see how crazy this guy's going since he's now retired or, you know, just kind of hanging. And, okay, well, he made rational arguments. He presented his evidence very well and made, and a lot of people, you know, I guess I would always love like a quote from the movie Pulp Fiction where at the end when, uh, have you seen Pulp Fiction? Yeah, very little. I, I don't Pulp really Fiction? remember it actually. Okay, so at the long story at the end was when uh, they had a scene where it uh, was between Samuel Jackson's character and John Travolta's character where 
a guy comes out of a bathroom and fires out a gun at them and magically misses. Like the, there's a shadow of the bullets passing them. And Samuel Jackson's character says that was divine intervention. And he starts talking about how, you know, he's he's just done with it all and how you know he can't uh, see it anymore. And I forget where I was going with this one with that one, but he said he was going to walk the earth and I forget. Uh, no, I oh yeah, no, he said he was. He started. You know, John Travolta starts questioning. He says. At one point, he's answering every question with an answer he doesn't like, kind of like you know, the other night when we were doing this. And he said, "Don't ask questions if you know if you if you don't if you're scared to hear the answers." Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people just kind of <clears throat> insulate themselves because it's a lot easier to go about life to think that that stuff is crazy. And honestly, as a younger, more naive person, I would have been like, "No, that is." But as I got older, I'm kind of like, you know, well, some of this well, stuff I mean, is. So the very the the only question that I really think needs to be considered on that topic is, as far as naivety is. If you think that there is a network of people with enough money to continuously traffic children as sex slaves for a continuous period of time, do you think they think rules apply to them? And what else do you think they no, could or would well, want see, to that's, do? That's, that's the question right, that so, takes you deeper down the you know, if you're If you're going to go down that rabbit hole, it's like Rick said, that the child trafficking is literally nothing because that's just what we've gotten a tip of right and so to speak yeah yeah, you you find that and then you can (laughs) dig deeper and hopefully find out you know what other type of uh conglomerates are set up to do their bidding so i guess this is probably where and this is part of something that's been bothering me as i've gotten older is that the world you perceived it to be as a kid how much has changed as you've gotten older because like my perception of the world as a kid was like again like I actually can have I this wanted, can I tell you what changed it what's that lying lying period well if human beings didn't lie the world would have never changed in your perception no that's how big of a deal lying is I think that I just kind of went into things where again like this was something that my therapist told me about that if you really want to know what was really going on in a period of time, take a picture of people that cover up their mouth and you're only allowed to look at their eyes, which I probably shouldn't cover up my mouth when I'm talking, but if you're only allowed to look at their eyes, you can actually start seeing true things in the pictures. And I just kind of always, if you look at a picture of me as a young kid, it's like I have blinders on to everything around me. So I'm just looking at the camera, it's like, hi. And now it's like, as I've gotten older, it's like, well, wait a second. Like that was one of my things I went on with, you know, when I first started this and which I'm going with is that I just see bullshit all around, and that's kind of the thing that's really driven me a little, you know, to the point that I've gotten to, and I have to try to talk to people like Rick, who will make me see some good in some things, but, you know, there's, there's you know, there is... So imagine you never encountered a lie because people didn't tell them. When something shitty happened, they just told you about the shitty shit that happened, right? And there were just no lies, and you were able to actually have the experience that was needed to have at every moment, and it didn't get... It, that's why lying is such a big deal. That's why Jesus make such a big deal out of it. That's why a lot of religions do. Um, because you actually build a model of the world inside of you, and that's how you interact with the world. And if you've got a warped model because you took information from something that somebody created rather than remembered, right, then that's how we all get so screwed up. But There's on, lots of lies built into all of us. But on a previous episode, we discussed how a kid will lie without even knowing how to lie. There's a difference. We do it consciously and and purposely. Like I said, a child is using words as tools 
right? If you correct that child and you let them know that, no, 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 absolutely, this lines up with this, right? It's man's decision to tell a lie. That's what makes it wrong, right? It's, it's, it's a conscious decision to do it. When a child does it, it's different. They're still innocent. Well, what do you think is the root of a lie? Um, not representing reality accurately. Fear, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. You know, because even if you feel confident <clears throat> in your line, you're afraid of not closing a sale. You're afraid of being wrong, right? Or ego. Uh, you're afraid of the repercussions. It usually stems from fear, I think, you know? So then I would now uh, get this I would much say that's a nail on the head in my book. I would get this much deeper then, is that where do you guys come across on the Machiavellian complex? Do you think it's very fear or loved? Loved. Period. Uh, I, I don't think there'd ever be a reason other than love. See, I'm on the other side of this one, is that unfortunately people hurt the ones they love all the time, but they well, but are too afraid to hurt the ones they are afraid of or that they have fear for. But that only works in a world where we're just constantly playing power games. If we can move to what humanity needs to move to if we're not going to bomb ourselves into the next Stone Age, which I think we've done that before, actually. Um, anyways, um, if we're not going to bomb ourselves into the next Stone Age, we need to realize that they're what these spiritualities and traditions and religions tell us, there is no division, that's an illusion, and, and we need to look at everything and everyone as in harmony, right? So there is no more infighting, right? Um, that fear thing is only possible in that world, right? But we need to transcend that. That's why Rick will use examples like Jesus. Um, I, I try to find different examples, but, you know, the truth, the light, and the way, right? because he took everything into account and he didn't pick a side for anything. It's just, nope, this is what it is. And he did what he had to do and everybody else be damned. Right? This is what I have to do and I'm going to do what I feel is right regardless of what you say. Well, I mean, I think that that stems, though. And it was all love. Like, he didn't harm that, anybody, he didn't hurt anybody. From, right? it, was, it was all love and all-encompassing, right? It, he did not resist anything. Our, yeah, it depends on our definition of love. I think that's... There's no definition for the word love. What is it? Let me look it up right now. Well, there actually but is. Our, our dictionary definitions don't... I mean... You well, because I always go on to say we were in a flaw in English because the Greeks have multiple definitions for love. Well, they do. One is phileo, which is more of a friendship. Yeah, Agape yeah. is unconditional, and then there's one that's more of like a sexual yeah. type. Yeah, that's which they kind of you as I've been going on and you know, when I first started this opposite, going and telling somebody they love you love them. Like, trust me, when I was going through my little breakdown period, I was saying I love you to a lot of people, and you know, it felt, it, you it felt good hearing it back. But it's like it's one of those things. Where it should be yes. weird. It should be weird if I say, "Hey, Rick, I love you, man." Like, you know, like I, I shouldn't have to say it in that comedic tone of it. Hey, Rick, I love you, man. Appreciate that. If we did that in front of people, it's like, <clears> or, it's not that how people well, perceive it, but it's like saying that to Rick gets it, but to say that to another person that you just really just. I look at it as if you don't hate somebody, then you love them. By opposite, the, what's in the middle ground? Well, I, I mean, you're not really neutral on how you feel about somebody, right? You either love one them or hate is, them, right? I actually think that love and hate are kind of like light and dark, um, hot and cold. Um, okay, so there's, there's probably a different dusk. example. So there's well, warm and dusk and dawn and stuff like that? No, 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 no. When it, when it comes to those examples, darkness is not darkness. a physical existence, right? The only thing that's measurable and trackable is the particles of light. Darkness is a perception, right? It's not an actual existence that's based on the perception. It's a, the perception of the lack of light, right? Versus the presence of light, which we call light, right? So 
It's the presence of or the lack of it, but it's not a different thing. It's one thing. So is hot and cold. The only thing we can measure is the energy that creates heat. There is nothing that creates cold. It's the lack of that energy. So it's, it's either the presence of or the lack of something. It, it, and I think I, love is, is the same. The, There's the, either the presence of it or the lack of it. There's not an opposite thing. So this is where I feel the difference in that is that, okay, love and hate is there's no metric to do that. So when you mentioned hot and cold or, you know, loud and silent, there are int- measurements that you can actually use to mm-hmm. quantify them. And so that's why there's really no such thing as rich or poor because we measure, I mean, in Americans, we measure things down to a penny. So at what penny amount do I go from being rich to poor? You can't answer that question. So that's kind of where I feel a little different with the love-hate thing. It has to be absolute on one or the other, you know, like... If you go mad on somebody like that, basically you're just kind of saying, "Well, I like them, I just don't want to. I love them, I just don't want to admit to it." If you if you hate somebody, you hate them, like you know, like. Well, I think that you can love somebody and still not want to be within their presence. But again, that's also that it's a, a that's a respect though. Is that okay? So respect is a form of love, I would say, and that's maybe not a word. My that's definition not of love in the spiritual sense is simply an acceptance. I do not need to change you. I know who you are. And I accept you for who you are. And, and I'm not doing things with some false anticipation of what you're going to do. I, I expect you to act like Ryan Schofield. And in every situation, I get what I expect because I expect you to be you. I'm a proctor my right? right now. I'm being very so, like Ryan Schofield. <laughs> you know, yeah, but, but that's yeah. my definition of love. It's purely acceptance, yeah. not to resist it, to, to welcome it as if you chose it. I mean... Love, when I look at it, I look at it in the context of the word agape, which is unconditional. Mm. Now, you want to talk about what's lacking today, is love has never been more lacking than today, at least from since I've been born. Because today, people use the word hate really easily, first off, using hate speech, just by simply disagreeing. Yes, anything, so, any disagreement is, is hate speech. For I example, if you were... <laughs> I really do hate, actually. You know, I, I'm sure certain people wouldn't even like to hear this, but... I don't like to support any movement in general, not even ALS movement that my dad passed away to. You know, even the ALS walks and stuff. Heck, I, I might even have some people that get offended that are close to me on this, but I feel like I, I don't like the organizations as a whole. I feel like there's still a lot of corruption and money uh, and power that there could be used to some betterment, but remember, they need to survive, and how do they survive? But the ice bucket challenge right. was awesome, though, because it was basically a bunch of girls in bikinis getting cold. My goodness, that was probably one of the biggest hoaxes. I'm sorry. Anyway, <laughs> nice. I'm just um, But, you know, so if, if you have a disagreement like that, or, you, or if I were to say, hey, listen, I can love someone without looking at their skin color and, I, and, and not support a movement, or you can't make me say something to prove that I love, because love is shown more so by actions than your words, right? Today, people need to put things in their social media accounts, to, and, and they're not doing, they're not putting Black Lives Matter or saying it because they mean it. They're saying it, a lot of people, because they fit in. It's more of being an accepted, I'm not trying to downplay what you're saying, because you're talking about a different form of acceptance. If you just accept anything, then, then you have, you're not even able to discern, because discernment is important. It's important when someone has a, go ahead, Acceptance doesn't mean that you wouldn't act to make it different in the future. Right. But it's just in this moment, this is exactly what it is. Right. So if we want it to be something different, you're able to recognize that we're here. We have to take steps to get there. Oh, no doubt. Right? Everything's a process. Because otherwise, right? so you're, you're acceptance yeah. is just always in that moment, exactly where you are. 
right? But it doesn't mean that you don't want something to be different than it is or that you're not going to work towards that. Sure. Well, I mean, even love can be invasive. It really can be. It can be bold. It can be dangerous because, you know, it can be one that you're willing, you know, to give your life for. Um, but the bottom line is that, uh, you know, to imagine going into a room with, with people you don't know at all and you don't agree with the popular majority. If, but imagine if you walk into a room with people. Most times I go to a bar, by the way. But <laughs> that you, but that you do know that you can say whatever you want. It's a completely different environment. Uh, That's where I was trying to go. Is that like you know? So I'm, you know, I'm a ball breaker. And there's my thing is that I don't break balls with people I don't like. Because at that point, I look at it as if, I, if I'm making a joke about you, that's like my weird. That's like that's like a male kiss. I would just say if I make a joke about you, because guess what? You actually exalted enough my energy to make me think of that. If I hated you, I would not be creative to make it a funny joke. I would just make it a mean statement. That's kind of where I come across on that. That's, again, I don't do the spiritual type of things. I do the more practical examples for my own self. Well, but everything is spiritual, right? <laughs> I'd say it's more like the six-year-old little boy on uh, the playground who threw the ball of dirt at the little girl because he had a crush on her. Oh yeah, no, no, that was. Uh, I mean, that's what you, that, that, that's what your ball breaking is. No, that's come on, man. That's the dude. Do I have to hug you right now? I'll fucking I'll, I'll kiss Aww. you right on this microphone right now. Yeah, <laughs> <you too. laughs> but um, but that's as you are. But the movement thing, and this is one of the other biggest movements that is just drive me insane is the cancel culture. Like, have you seen that they're going back and I, just literally what is, like? What does that mean? They're trying to find things, anything that might have been offensive to today's standards no. back in history Period. where literally they are going through like the Golden Girls or I was listening to this the Golden Girls had to they took an episode off of their like you know streaming services the Golden Girls was in the fucking 70s or whatever because there was a picture of a person in a mud bath and there was a black family there and they made jokes about, about it at the time where it was, it was now represented as blackface and it's targeted too because think about this and I'm going to put what I believe in my own opinions aside from it just try to say common logic here if we were really like that, you'd almost have to cancel everything. Because here's what blows my mind is the same people that want this to happen are the same ones that will say, God damn it. That could be incredibly... Now, that's not even offensive to me because why, why should I be... I try not to be offensive, offended over anything because I'm the one who controls that, right? Or at least... I, I, you, if you say something I say, you offended me, you didn't offend me. I'm the one that allowed to be offended. Well, you just gave me your power. Right, that's really the biggest. That's but, George Carlin did a huge thing on that before. Is that you don't give, don't give power to this, and now that's what I told my kids. You you can control your emotions. Don't blame someone else for how you feel, no matter what they say. You know, you know um, I would say that I've I, no, I've given up the idea of controlling my emotions. I've come to uh, well, I've just found better that. luck with <clears throat> with trying to understand them right and and actually now none of my impulses or thoughts I neglect I actually try to just bring all of them to the light which means create an experience from them right so if somebody pops into my head call them or text them right and just whatever random stuff it is um, either mm-hmm. let it go because it's just a thought well, or for the or sake or of the just, convers- if it's an actional yeah. thing I'll I'm sorry I'm just saying for the sake of the conversation I say control yeah, my emotions. Merely, you know, the best way that I that I do that is I, I just I, I give it up to the Holy Spirit, and I and so if I can go deeper into that as well. I just that's your surrender the, to the higher power. 
Ah, see, this is all coming full circle. This is good. We're helping me. Sort well, you know out. what's great when I do that is like I realize, you know what? It's not up to me. True. And then I feel like I can actually let go to God, and then I can be in control in a way because I'm not in control at all, and I can give it all up, and then I can be. Well, my example of this was again the first time <laughs> in my life ever me asking for help, and guess <laughs> what? Ever since I've asked for help, <clears throat> I get a lot of. <clears throat> People that are, you know, I'm, I'm starting myself to people like you, people in my life that are friends that I can, you know, because you guys are now guiding me in the right direction or people like you and others around where normally I would have probably two weeks ago, if you were to ask me or tell me something you thought I should have done before I asked for it, I would have probably been very combative towards it, you know, like, um, that's kind of my hey, Fair enough, man. We're all making progress. I yeah, don't know if I brought this up the, on the show yet, but, you know. Six months ago, I was checking myself into a, a, a clinic because I was having thoughts of suicide. You know, so so we're all making progress and trying to figure it out. Um, sort it out. Sort it out. Yeah. <laughs> well, there, another there we go. dangerous saying is just whatever makes you happy, and then everyone keeps to themselves. Now the problem with that is, mm. what do we usually learn the most in life, or what usually helps us the most? It's usually when we're stretched the most or tested the most because. Go ahead, Brian. You can come. No, no, I was just, no, I was just going away. It was going to play to a point. I was saying I was let you finish, but. Uh, it's kind of, and I'll use this quote constantly, but there's two tragedies in life as well as not getting what you want and it was getting what you want. So I guess, like, you know, whether it be chasing after the girl you want or, you know, saving up to get that thing you want or waiting, you know, working hard to go on that vacation, you get more joy out of actually working to that goal than the actual achievement of the goal. Is that, is that where you're going with that? Or is that something Well, I was just understand? saying, like, when you go through these difficult things in life, a lot of times it can bring in humility, so you're ready to receive, rather than just thinking you can't receive because you already know better, because you feel like you're living a quote-unquote good life. And what is the, was it, to, what, what, you know, someone to, what they would consider making themselves happy is being promiscuous and sleeping around and then getting all sorts of diseases, which is not the <laughs> way, we, we were not intended to just sleep around with whoever. That's not how we were created to be. Um, Neanderthals would beg to differ, but this they just didn't get diseases. That was the only difference back then. <laughs> well, let's talk about us. <laughs> no, okay, well, well, okay, maybe we talk about you guys. But, no. And happiness is a relative word anyway. You know, there, there's, a, there's a massive difference between having uh, a genuine peace, joy, and love in your life um, that can bring actual genuine happiness. Happiness isn't, shouldn't just be a feeling. Well, we had spoken this before about how, again, ultimately, you, you know, no matter how hot she is, you have to actually like her. But going back to what's talking about the cancel culture and about you know, oh yeah, yeah right, right. is that did you watch South Park at all? Um, uh, like a, we'll say an episode or two. That's okay, it. so the very very first season I want to say or maybe the second season, they had this whole thing where everyone started complaining about the Christmas pageant being offensive, and everyone started founding something. Oh, we gotta get rid of this, gotta get rid of that. And then at the end of it, they put on this presentation, and all the parents are sitting there going, "What the fuck is this? Like this is horrible." And it's like, well, you guys said we couldn't have this, we couldn't have that, we couldn't have this, we couldn't have that. And ultimately, I, I would, you know, I'm just using that as an example or a practical example, but I want to see when everybody that is on part of these movements, when they actually get what they want, they're not going to be satisfied. I don't, I don't believe so. And that's going to be the, the, the scariest thing is that they're going to get what they want, and then the other tragedy or the tragedy of them not getting what they want is what they live through now, and then when they get what they want, they're not going to know what to do with it. It's a lot of self-righteousness to say what we think is, you know, needs to be canceled this or that the other thing and then and then we decide what's more offensive right all of a sudden we think this is what's more offensive than this and it doesn't matter how we offend these people because they're not ever these people are never talked about on the news this culture this religion this whatever they're not talked about and until they're talked about we need to focus on only what the media is telling us to do so it's a lot of brainwashing and it's a lot of conforming to the popular opinion and the popular opinion doesn't 
I was, as, 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 me, as a gambler, I generally like to be on the unpopular side of things because guess what? I was going to say, I follow Mark Twain's advice. When you find yourself on the majority, you better switch sides. Yeah, there's, yeah, a, yeah. there's usually a problem. Yeah. <laughs> um, the other thing I was going to say is, well, I, I actually wrote about this in one of the blog posts recently. Shameless plug. Um, well, you're good, man. com, man. We're all in this together. Yeah. But so epigenetics is actually uh, the field of study about how our, our gene sequences are activated and they can actually be turned off through like resistant thoughts and, and not wanting to do things and shutting down and fear and, and stuff like that. Um, but they're activated by uh, willingly engaging in new experiences, right? And now that new experience could be anything. It doesn't have to be like, oh, I'm going bungee jumping. It could just be, you know, there's a change at work and it's like, okay, let's learn about this and make the most of it versus what the fuck? Why do we got to deal with yeah. this shit? Um, you're talking to me, aren't you? I, I wasn't. <laughs> I didn't realize it until afterwards, and I wondered how you were going to take it. No, no, it's fine. No, that, that's, it, it's good for you to hear. Um, but, but so that's epigenetics, and it, it activates more of our DNA, right? So we actually have more access to becoming better individuals by willingly engaging in new experiences. Um, and to the effect of, of, you know, all the causes and whatnot, it's just tribalism, right? You know, they go to these events, they all put on the same color, and then they run around in these big groups, and anybody who doesn't agree with them, you must be the devil, because I'm with a hundred people who feel the same way. Um, and there's only one of you, so, you know, you're the bad guy. And, and that's just basic biology, too. It's, it's, we were built to connect to about 125 people. Anything more than that, and you shut them out. Yeah, I definitely probably shuffle through people. I have to delete the role of X pretty often. Yeah. <laughs> No, because it actually you do. It goes beyond that. Because I mean, like, I will say this: I, I, this is a, what, such a first world problem is that it really does suck when you have a lot of people. Like when I was people reaching out to me, it became a job. Just having like, I love talking to Rick for a half an hour, but in that time, I was getting text messages left and right. You okay, man? And if I don't respond to them by like you know anything, it's like okay, and then they're worried. But like, it's it's a good problem and a bad problem. And also, you start forgetting like. I've had friends that I consider good friends, but because of the way life is going, I forgot they have two kids all of a sudden. Like, you know, like, and it's like, I don't like doing that. But yeah, 125 people, that's a pretty, it's a pretty strong. I found a way around that, but that's too deep for this conversation. Oh, yeah. Well. But um, also, I found that most of the people that I've ever considered friends turned out it was just a matter of convenience. We were in the same places at the same time most of the time, so we went to the same place at the same time a few times. Well, that's why I always considered, and it still is a matter of convenience, but because it's on a broader scale, is that I always found a deeper connection with some of my friends I made in college than I did at any other, you know, because... High school, your friends are all people you grew up in the same town as, and you just happen to probably grow up in the same neighborhoods and all that stuff, and you know you you branch off that way. College, everybody's going, and you're off to you're, you got a clean start. You're 18 years old, and you got a clean break. You can literally be whoever you want to be, and you can you know hang out with whoever you want to hang out with. You know, if as long as you know they're cool with it, and you, those friends there because you're like, okay, we literally all came here alone, like we all just got dropped off here, and it's like, okay, we all hung out that way. You know, we all met as coworkers, and you know, obviously, we, we work with enough coworkers that okay, we you, you start, you know, I don't say weeding out the bad ones, but you figure out the people. Okay, these are people I'll stay in touch with, but yeah, for the most part, you are still a matter of circumstance because I guess we just all end up in the same. Well, you can be that. That's always the ultimate choice. Do you want to be a matter of circumstance, or do you want to affect the circumstance? Which one are you going to be? To be upset at what yeah. happens is to let circumstance affect you. To stay calm and take action is to affect the circumstance. Yeah. That's the ultimate choice of life. But. And I'll tell you what, too, like, 
you know, you start to realize that genuine friendships, like long-lasting ones, they don't have anything to do with how much you agree. This is what I've learned. Yes, like there's a difference between being like-minded and agreeing. You can be like-minded and not agree on several things. My best friends. Um, so, but when you have a lot of common interests, like the job, and then maybe uh, you, know, you had a smoking buddy, maybe you had people you'd go even have a few drinks sometimes, but if it's not rooted and grounded where you can actually be yourself, you can express some things that are going on that you're even struggling with. If you can't do that with that person, you just find common interest. That's not a genuine friendship because just like this school you went to, high school, all of a sudden you only have a handful of friends you hang out with. College, same thing. Leaving a church, I found, unfortunately, the same thing. And it was because people built it off of religion more than what the very things Jesus talked about. <laughs> so, I would actually <clears throat> say that I... In this conversation, I've never had this thought before, so this is a fresh one. That's cool. Um, <laughs> Pass it back. Well, I don't know. I have to test it out first. That's essentially what a talk Let's is. Um, I think that's system two, which is the rational mind, which, again, we never actually make decisions. We just justify things. And I think we've just identified the fact that all of these people are just on autopilot and being nice to the people around them and some of them they like and are more attracted to than others. But if they were plucked out of their lives, they'd be replaced with someone else because it's all just a matter of convenience and just what's around. So fight Until clubs. you decide to do your own thing. Fight clubs, single-serving friends. Yep. They're just there for, like, you know, it's just this disposable kind of friend, you know. They're just there for their friend. Trust me, I, I've been through enough of those. NPCs. What's that? NPCs. Non-player characters. Okay. If you're, especially if you're a gamer, you get the term. I don't know if you're how much of a gamer you are, but NPCs is what you use all the time. No yeah, yeah. Care. Do you, you want, to, want to talk about your gaming career at all there, Ricky? You know? Yeah. I mean, you know, we might be able to get some business behind this a little bit, you know? <laughs> well, I don't... I, I mean, yeah, I do PR stuff, and some of it... it, it everything is sales, actually, but um, one way or another. Yeah. But, uh, I, I, I mean, I love working in... Uh, wow, I'm a total tangent, which is fine. I love tangents. Um, I love working in the gaming industry, for the sake of the video game aspect, I love the company I work for. Um, the, 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 okay. The purpose of playing video games, uh, the main reason for most people, and it's like 100 times, 101 times out of 100, okay? They, they do it to get away from quote unquote reality. Yeah. Okay? I'm using reality very loosely. They do it to get away from that. They can get a escape. Now, now, I mean, these games, you, you can spend hundreds of hours in, right? No, I, I know people that do. <laughs> the, the landscapes, the music, the setting, the choices you make in the game can take you away from the current events, right? The problem now is a lot of people are trying to bring all the current events into the industry. Mm. I understand things need to be talked about. And, and, and you know, I, I'll talk about video games and I'll say Jesus in the next breath. They're not just Jesus, but things that are going on about my own life that are bring up God to. Yeah, I, I love going deep and as much as possible, but why would you want to keep bringing up stuff that's stressful? Because a lot of the topics that people talk about are stressful. They're not even that productive. They're like calling people out, right? They're pointing at these people are doing stuff wrong, never really talking much about themselves, right? So it's not constructive. It's just at the end of the day, then they feel wrecked and they talked about they talk about their emotions. And I'm seeing this happening a lot in the industry where people, gaming companies are terrified now um, to do any kind of PR. It's never been more difficult. They to are terrified to have a white person do a black character's voice. That's like how much I've seen it's gotten to be worth. People huh. gotten shit over that, because this is one that I've always gone on with. You know, and this is a little off where you're going, but 
there was somebody I forget, I forget the comedian talk about it, but they were saying about how they wanted a able-bodied person to play a handicapped person in the movie, and they thought it was offensive to handicapped people. And they said we should have a handicapped person doing that. It's like, well, then he wouldn't be acting; he would just be reading words we gave him. The able-bodied person doing that, but that's just a cyber thing. But no, I didn't realize that politics had gotten so deep into video games now, because now you probably can't have black bad guys in the game, video game, right? If you know the like GTA, GTA would be a terribly offensive. I mean, not that it wasn't terribly offensive when it came out, but that game doesn't even make the cut. And that was one of the top-selling video games of you know, the early 2000s. You know, it makes me wonder. I mean, beating you literally in GTA could drive around, shoot up a cop car, grab a hooker, and then beat her up. And <laughs> I'm sorry I'm laughing, but I'm just thinking about the game because I played it. I actually really liked the game. Never yeah, no, it. it was an amazing game. If you, if, you, if you played it the way it was supposed to be played objectively, where you went through all the missions, but if you just wanted to freelance, just like how life goes, if you wanted to do the right things, you could do, you have a lot of One fun. of the best things in that game is when someone hit me with a car when I was walking as a pedestrian. One of my friends just ran right into me and killed me. <laughs> <laughs> and then the afterlife crushed you. Because your body would go flying and... Oh, man. And it's almost... It's sad, actually, because... Um, especially in the industry, you have these influencers are speaking very loudly, and what they're doing is they're getting people to... They're getting people to uh, be agreeable, um, and then people find this pseudo coping mechanism by just agreeing and then trying to say something out loud. It's like it's like someone wearing a mask and then they actually put a picture of them with a mask on in their avatar. Yeah, exactly. People gotta know if they, they they wear masks, man. You know, it's like it's all about this fitting in, but is. fitting in it leads to more depression. It's well, that's what lying is. I mean, well, maintaining the image is, is the same. That's yeah. that's the More same thing as lying. One of my favorite things I ever say to somebody when they go outlandish, I always say, "Are you lying to me or are you lying to yourself?" It's a good point. It's always one of my favorite comebacks when somebody says something or does something that thinks yeah. ridiculous or just completely, you know, changes it. It's like, "Do you lie to me or are you lie to yourself?" But there's a. I got to say this too, to just to make this clear in case this. Goes viral this podcast. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We're we're gonna big time. We had twenty seven listeners the last one. How much? Oh man, we're, we're up to like sixty. Sixty. There's Shoot, a lot of fucking exponential growth here. In the industry. There's actually a lot of people that can't stand what's going on, but they're afraid to speak the truth that they could lose their job because people are losing their job like that. They're, and then the social media, we know this. It's guilty until proven innocent. Enough. Yeah, but the thing is, we got two worlds, right? You've got the old school world where everything is all these big companies and the old media and Wall Street Journal, and you've got the new world where everything is independent and you don't have to work with the entire world. You just need to find a few people who like you, right? And that's where the world's transitioning to. The businesses are going to fall away. But look, with political these correct- massive businesses, most of them. Political correctness, though, I forget who said it, but it was basically saying controlling society through language. Yeah, absolutely. And I forget who it was, but now, like, I mean, like, as we've gone through... Probably was Jordan that- Peterson. It might have even been something he was referring to. I think it might have even gone a little Could bit longer. I mean, I think it was a car. I, I think I heard it first from Carlin or a comedian, and yeah. you know, a little deeper. But also too is, I mean, you talk about infiltrating video games. I mean, I know you're not probably a big movie guy, but like you can't. No, watch... I, I have an appreciation for good movies. Well, I mean, but like again, like now if you watch newer movies, you can see it now. I'm I'm not saying what was done before was okay, but now it's like we've gone. They're so. The spectrum has gone so far back around. It's come back to the other side. Where it's like, okay, before, okay, we were being overly offensive there. Now we're being overly offensive to the other people. Where it's like, again, like, where it's like, okay, we, can we just have a happy medium, like, in there? And that was... I think the happy medium is, don't be offended by a goddamn movie. Well, I mean, it's just one of those things where, okay, they used to be like, okay, like, homophobic jokes were left and right. Now it's like, being the straight guy is kind of the weird thing in a movie, kind of. Like, you're, you're, you're you know, the gay guy's got to look at it also. That's just a bad example, but... 
Um, and then also with sports, I mean, I, I, I really, like, I never really gave a shit about anybody, what they did off the field in sports. I just cared about the show up on Sundays with football. You know, I mean, you're a fan of Lawrence Taylor. Do you really, you know, do you think that Lawrence Taylor was a great guy? No, but did Lawrence Taylor, you know, did, did you watch him on every Sunday and root for him and cheer for him and he, he brought you some joy, moments of joy, oh, distracting man. you distracting you from the other things that were going on that weren't so good? Like, that I did. Yeah, so, I mean, that's... And now that's even kind of a taken. There's, there's. I'm just kind of going. Yeah, but, to, where is the sanctuary now? Well, is you the, just said a great guy. I'm sorry, I, I want to interject there because yes, some of the stuff he's actually done, at least if it's true, I, and I'm only saying that because you know I'm, I'm tired of just assuming people assuming the worst. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, it, it seems like he's done a lot of stupid stuff. Guess what? So have I. And Jesus said, well, "Well, did he say to the to the people who were ready to stone this woman who was, I believe, was falsely accused about sleeping, uh, uh, committing adultery? Where was the man, by the way?" And he said he was without sin, cast the first stone. And they dropped their stones and walked away because he made it very clear that if you think you're better than this person, go ahead and throw the stone. No, and that's where I've been kind of going. I love that you are connecting to a point that I was making that just wasn't having a religious example, but I've been kind of bigger on let's not shame each other. Let's shame ourselves so we feel more comfortable bringing our own shame. There should be consequences to your actions, but... Well, I mean, there always are. Consequences don't have to be negative. They don't have to be negative. Exactly. But, again, we're going to go, okay, just I, an I, outcome. Like, what is an AA meeting? It's a bunch of people sitting around talking about all the fucked up things they did when they were drinking. And it so makes them feel more, more comfortable doing that. And guess what? Then they feel better about themselves going, okay, I'm not the only one that was this asshole. What can we do to get No, they're feel? just transitioning their addiction to that. And they spend all their time thinking about staying sober. And that's a beneficial <laughs> thing, but now you've just got this new addictive behavior. So you just transition. Okay, so is, is it terrible that I don't drink as much when I play golf now? My, my golf addiction? Same thing. Don't it's, be addicted to golf, but that gets expensive too. And, and here's the thing, though. You, is it possible that you can find something, and I obviously believe in what that something is, that no matter what happens in your life, everything can be taken from you. Everything. And yet you could say, here I stand. Yep. Because we can't find it just in golf, right? As much as you love it. We have to, eventually, we have to get to the root of what we're actually living for. Yeah. And that's not an easy thing to say in a sentence. But, you know, as more as we see where this country's going, we're actually starting to see more of where our hearts are at. That's a good thing about when things like this happen because we get tested. Well, as I have going on, as again, back to the hate internet, is that when you're out in the world, like, you know, it's really not that bad of a place. If you look at it through the lens that they want to portray Especially it to you. go for sale like I did tonight. Yeah, the I, I go the creation. Along. Rick, you should go walk along the Erie Canal sometime and just see, I mean, I walk by, I mean, the only scary moment is that I have to deal with not being killed by geese or being attacked by geese because they seem to set up spike strips because geese are very, very herd mentality and mother geese is, mother goose is very, very aggressive. But, like, you walk by, you see the ducks, you see, like, you, you almost start recognizing the family of, you know, like, the nature around there. You see the same people walking by. I don't know what it is about the runners community where they think that, okay, just because we're running, like, we have to wave because we have a lot in common. It's like, listen, you're probably going to go eat some freaking, you know, some, some vegetables at this, and I'm going to drink enough Bud Light to drown a five-year-old. That this, might just but, be you, know, you like, because everybody that drives a <laughs> Subaru STI waves to each other. Everybody that drives a Ford ST waves to each other, like... People that have the same hobbies, they do that. When but we it, were out on the boat growing up, every boat you passed, you waved at. Yeah. Why are you upset about that? You should be embracing that. That's exactly what you're trying to promote. No, I'm pissed now. <laughs> uh, totally Talk to a stranger. Why are you waving at me? It's just, well, I'm in the middle of running. Like, you know, am I going to talk to you? It's like, okay, just like, is it, I mean, like, I get the, the smile part, but the wave, I don't know. That's just a little bit. 
Maybe, yeah. yeah. You got me there, Link. You got me. But my main objective in life is to be heard. And honestly, guys, I hope that you guys were heard very well tonight. I think we should probably wrap this up because we could probably go on forever and ever and ever. This I think fun. we're keeping another good hour. I like it because guess what? I actually probably did the least talking. Or maybe it's... But no, before, no. I think it actually just evened out this time. <laughs> it, it, was, it, was, it was pretty good. But, I mean, I had no idea. We did not do any prep on this one. I just had basically two things I want to mention. Rick, what he thought when he met me and, you know, talk about pedophiles. And I, here I we are. I think we really <laughs> scratched the surface of those, actually. <laughs> So I don't know when this uh, next one is, but we've got we. It, the first guest we've got is is one of two friends that I have that I routinely say I love you to when I you know hang up the phone like I would somebody I really care about because I do, um, and the other one has said that he'll be on in the next couple of weeks as well. So we're going to have to tri- take a trip down to Mansfield, Pennsylvania to see him. Ah, yes, I can't nice. wait for that one. That's going to mm-hmm. be. Very, very interesting. Two men from, you know, very different sides of the spectrum, I would say, of certain... Nope. I don't know. I mean, I, I, want to, I want to get to know him. They describe it differently, but they're very similar. I just would like to, you know. But uh, either way, I am Ryan Schofield here. You can always find me on Twitter at SCHO525. You can follow my horrible golf game and Instagram by the same handle, SCHO525. Mr. Ling, give your shameless plugs. Uh, it's just jamesclarkling.com. And Rick Lags, you just want to remain anonymous. Before we go, he said you had some type of a presentation. Is that something that you've got up on YouTube? No, no, no. It's, you have to go to his house. You have to. It's. It's. Do you want to turn it into something you have, you have we to, put on YouTube? You have to take a blood oath. <laughs> I mean, all I did was just show some of the things I've been praying and researching and contemplating about. All right, we'll get into that first. It's called yeah, Opening yeah, Pandora's yeah. Box, yep. everybody. We're just here to be heard. Sorted out. Episode four is in the books. Thanks for listening.